two, one. Welcome in, Hustler Extra Podcast. My name is Chris. I have a mouthful of uh, Runza right now. Yeah. Nice timing. Steve. Yeah, bad what timing. What, you got some chicken strips? I got some chicken tenders and fries. Uh, tenders. Honey, honey mustard sauce. Um, Mountain Dew, of course, to okay. drink. Um, we're doing this a little early. It's 1.01 p.m. on a Friday afternoon here. We're going a little early since baseball. First pitch is at 4 o'clock, 4.05. We'll talk a little baseball later on. We'll talk some spring football. We'll talk uh, the latest breaking news. Uh, Thor, Thor Bjarnerson announcing he will not return to the men's basketball program. Just came out about a half hour ago. And we'll touch on volleyball a little bit too. But let's get right into it. We're eight days away from the red-white spring game at Memorial Stadium. Uh, we have one more media availability session uh, next Wednesday before the game and we'll talk to the guys after the game course. And then it's into the, it's into the quote unquote off season uh, for Nebraska football. And I guess I'll throw it to you guys. You know, uh, obviously we'll, we'll see more next week. We'll talk about this more next week, but what are maybe some of the questions we still need to, to find answers to as we kind of wrap up spring ball here? Well, Parker, one of them, one of them, Parker's how many, how many people you anticipate this game? Well, I've been running the ticket sales myself, so I have a pretty good <laughs> uh, The last update we have, was we have a good source on ticket sales. Yeah, yeah. The last update from the university was in the middle of the week and they were pushing toward thirty thousand, not quite. Uh, the cap is like forty between forty two and forty three thousand. Um, I, I don't I mean ticket sales have been steady uh, over over the week from you know, like leading up to this Wednesday, basically, they'd sold four or 5,000 more tickets. And so I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the weekend, it's, it's up over 30,000. I don't, I don't know this for sure, but I, I, I hesitate a little bit saying this, but I really wouldn't be surprised if it ends up selling out at this point. The main reason for that being that I looked at the forecast this morning and it shows 74 and sunny for Friday and 76 and partly cloudy for Saturday next week. And I just feel mm-hmm. like people, as it gets a little closer, there's still tickets available. You check the forecast and see it's going to be a beautiful weekend in, in Lincoln and, and at the stadium. You might just say, heck yeah, let's do it. So I, wow. I think the, uh, I think the closing stretch will be strong and even that, you know, they're encouraging people to buy tickets um, in advance, but I do think that if it's really that nice on Saturday, they could be a walk up you know, walk up crowd too. So I, I they'll go north of 30,000. I wouldn't be surprised if they still, if they, if they uh, push it toward a sellout and a lot of people there among a, a lot of other things that they'll be interested to see the young quarterbacks, the veteran defense, uh, the big wide receivers. Um, there's, there's a big running back that's uh, put together an intriguing spring. And this is very squarely Sipple's part of the program. Yeah. I, the problem I heard with your summation there is you say 74 or 76 and sunny, partly cloudy. That guarantees I'll have the attention span of a gnat that day. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to have to really lock in. Uh, you're going to hey, be Parker. out riding, you're going to be out riding the motorcycle till like 1258 <laughs> and then just roll up on stadium drive. All right, I'm here. You can start now. <laughs> Just roll it right up to the 50-yard line, pop the kickstand down. 
<laughs> Clark, I'm just going to go get a quick, I know, I know it just ended. I'm going to go get a quick ride in. I'll start riding by like seven o'clock. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I'll put myself on deadline. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> you mentioned the quarterbacks, you know, one way to guarantee a, probably a sellout is with a quarterback battle. There, there's not one. So that, that honestly would always helps ticket sales when that situation presents itself. It's not, but there is intrigue with that position. I would say I, if I were Joe fan, I would be interested to see Adrian, what he looks like this spring. Um, if I were trying to promote the game, I'd say you, you probably, it would, it would probably be pretty interesting to just come and watch what Adrian looks like. Um, leaned up super fast. And then, and then look at the backup quarterbacks, Heinrich Harburg and, Logan Smothers and Matt Masker and try to size them up, right? Just a just a bunch of liquored up dudes in the stands going, God, Adrian looks lean. <laughs> looks <What>? strong and lean. <laughs> I don't know Adrian liquored up. Um, oh, come on now. We can be honest here. It's a spring game, though. What? It's a spring game, bro. First, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be beautiful weather. You don't think 75 degrees, and we're outside yeah. watching watching our young lean yeah. Adrian run around. <laughs> I'd be well, getting liquored up. <laughs> I might get liquored up anyway. <laughs> Just to, so you can really get the fan experience. Yeah. Bring a couple summer shandies up to the press box. Summer shanties. Is that what you'd be going with? Summer shandies, sh- not shanty. It's not a sea. It's not a song that it's sailors. Not a structure sing. on the coast of yeah. the ocean. It's a shandy. Shandy. A beer, a beer with lemonade in it. Lighting okay. kugels. Lighting oh, kugels. Summer Wisconsin. I don't think we could pull that off. Probably not. No, that would be frowned upon. Isn't there? Keith, a, I'm not going to do that. Was it? Was it? A Illinois? The, Illinois? They had beers and the, they had some. They had some post game beers available in the press they box. They did. In Illinois. That was sweet. We did. Yep. Beers and pizza. That's and of that. course, all the all the custard I can cram into my fat mouth. <laughs> all of the what? I'm sorry. Custard. Custard. Oh yeah, custard. You'd love that custard. It yeah, was a disgusting was- display. He was like, melting. Really he was melting on press row because he was like sixty percent custard. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad time. I, I ate so much I got sick. Like it was a bad. I was like a little kid. Well, you hung in there a while. I didn't. You didn't. I didn't even notice. Well, I'm a grinder. You get through it. Yeah. Just illness, injury. You just you don't complain. You just get the job done. <laughs> Drove the damn car back to the hotel that night too, as I recall. You did. Went went through McDonald's at like 1.30 in the morning. I'm sure that. that was pleasant. I, I mean, I, I think I put right all those, good sorts, those very extreme circumstances out of my my mind. Oh, you gotta you gotta let them marinate. You gotta you gotta remember them and learn from. Didn't them. we go to? Didn't we go to two places? Didn't we have to like drive through two places because because what? Oh, um, oh, I know what you're there saying. There was a there was yeah. a photographer that had a different idea of maybe what post game food looked like than the rest of us. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that was, and then we had like an hour drive back to the hotel because we Baz stayed handled like that a, really. Baz handled that request really well, about as well as I handle a lot of stuff like that. Uh, a lot of patience, as well as I, I handled simple saying I got to pack up the plantation up in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. How many weeks? Tom Petty, yeah. Like we we've talked uh, we've talked a lot about the last trip to Illinois and the next trip to Illinois. So it's gonna there's gonna be quite a buildup. To that weekend, but I, 
Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, the One of the things, Simple, I'm interested in, or both of you I'm interested in, Baz, you talked to a couple of those offensive linemen on uh, Wednesday. Um, the right guard job seems to be sort of, maybe not exclusively down to, but primarily between Matt Sichterman and Brant Banks. And so that, I thought it was interesting, Greg Austin talking about putting the puzzle together on the offensive line. He said he's got nine guys who he feels good about right now. Those would be the, the returning four guys um, who started the last game of last season, Turner Corcoran at left guard or at left tackle, Ethan Piper left guard, Jurgens at center, Ben Hart at right tackle. Um, and then I think the other four in contention are Sichterman and Banks, uh, Brock Bando and Nori Nuelli, who's sort of emerged as a, as a guy. Um, uh, Greg Austin said he's turning into a real dude. Uh, and so that, that group of nine, I think they feel good about. It's going to be interesting to see if a guy who's been through a lot of rigmarole in his career, like uh, Matt Sichterman, fifth-year guy, can win a starting job for the first time in his career as a fifth-year player, um, or if ultimately, you know, Brant Banks, redshirt freshman, uh, can supplant him for that spot. But it was, I think Greg Austin, like the, he's felt good about the depth in that room now. Now they just, they, they the challenge I think is to take the step from being, talented um to being good consistently yeah you got to find um, for, for one thing chemistry is a big uh, always a big discussion with that particular group but as he said the other day when he got here so the 2018 season he said look we only had five now we have nine and actually as you wrote Parker it's kind of, it's more like 10 right I mean, they have 10 capable offensive lineman you should be able to make that work now at what level do you make it work that that remains to be seen I'm not I don't think anybody wants to hear us make uh, too many predictions about anything um, especially ones that are like positive predictions <laughs> um, I feel like if you want to predict the a meltdown to, the people will eat it up yeah I think that the way to go right now is not to say too many things positive but they uh they, yeah, they have some guys up front. Um, we always talk about the defense as the unit that's the stronger of the two, and it is. But the offense is, I think, when you look at the receivers and that quarterback we alluded to, Adrian Martinez, um, if you're a defensive coordinator, that gets your attention. The, the, their receivers coupled with their quarterback alone gets your attention if they're, if they're good up front. So let's say, let's say in the unlikely event, you're able to hold attention on the spring game next Saturday yeah. with the weather being what it's going to be. Maybe for a half, let's just say. Yeah. That. Okay. That's fair. So what, what do you want to see? You know, we watched almost three hours over there uh, last Saturday. Um, you know, there wasn't, there were only two scholarship running backs healthy. So like what, what is you, you took that in, saw a lot of stuff. So what, what is it then? Where do you start with what you look for on May 1st? I think you start with two things that go hand in hand. Um, you look at the running back position and assess their, I would say, their running back running game. And then what's the play action look like with downfield throws? Because they're emphasizing downfield throws. And they, 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 they appear to have receivers now, um, you know, that are – not five foot eight that, that can work corners on the perimeter and 
catch downfield throws. So what's that part of it look like? Can Adrian complete those passes? Can, can the other quarterbacks, we saw quarterbacks last Saturday during the open practice. We saw Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg complete downfield passes. So let's see if they can do that. I'm not going to say it's a game, but in a live scrimmage. Yep. I, I agree with you. That, that'll be interesting. And then I wonder too, if we'll get any, if we'll get a better look um, at the specialist, there wasn't much of that. We didn't see no. much live. We saw some drill work special teams wise, but I'd be curious to see uh, Cole, if, if Connor Culp is back in action um, and, and how Daniel Cherney and, and William Pristup punt the ball um, is, is an area they need to be more uh, consistent in. And then I'm, I'm curious, we just talked about the offensive line, but in the, in the, the front line battle, you know, that's a experienced defensive line um, that Greg Austin's group is going against every day in practice. And, you know, from what we heard on Wednesday in that, in that scrimmage, which was closed, um, the defense had the upper hand and some of the, they just put up 30 seconds of highlights, but it included, you know, Damian Daniels stripping a running back and forcing a fumble and, and all of that. And I thought in the limited live stuff that we saw last Saturday, um, the defensive line really, the defensive front really had pr pretty consistent pressure. And so I'm curious to look from above at how, um, how those two units stack up at this point. It'd be natural if it's sort of advantage defensive line for the most part right now, but um, you'd like to see the offensive line sort of step up and say, okay, you know, we, we can play with these guys. Baz, what would you like to see? Oh, let's see how good the defense is. You know, we heard about how they dominated that scrimmage the other day. Yep, yep. You know, do they do that again next Saturday? Um, and if they do, that that raises a whole other <clears throat> bag full of questions, right? What's wrong with the offense? Why can't they score? All those other things. But we we thought the defense would be pretty good, right? And it sounds like they are. So if they come out and and they they have a dominant day on Saturday, you go, okay, yeah, that's that's real. What they're telling us is real. So I, I want to see just how good they are. I know we, they have a lot of great individual pieces and we've seen, we've seen those and talked about those, but just what does the defense look like as a whole? How aggressive are they? We may not see a whole lot uh, with it being a spring game, but just want to see where that unit's at right now as a whole. You know, what's interesting. You know, what's interesting. What's, what's interesting. If, if there is one unit that dominates, that will be a gigantic topic going forward <laughs> the other the other uh, yeah. side yeah, whatever yeah. side doesn't dominate will be the big time <laughs> so if you're yeah. a head coach in a spring game and not many teams really even do this anymore like nebraska but if you um i don't think maybe you could correct me on that but but if one unit dominates i don't think that's what you want as a head coach you want it to be pretty even right um, if they, if the, if the defense really shuts down the offense and forces like, you know, what if it, what if they pick off Adrian three times, you know, and, and the running backs fumble a couple times, well, what's the conversation going to be like all summer long, right? Well, it's not going to be about the defense. That's for sure. No, Parker will be in St. Lucia in the Caribbean <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and he'll hear the talk, you know? Um, but anyway, you'll be in Columbia. Yeah. Some guy will just mosey up to him on the beach and say, man, what, what's the deal with in that ah, Nebraska's offense? Jesus. 
couple summers ago, it was that 2018, I went to Alaska with my dad. My brother lives up there. So we, we went up there. First time I'd ever been, went to see him up there. And uh, flight got delayed. So I landed in Anchorage at like four in the morning, just completely body clock, just like completely wrecked, you know, had no idea what time it was. It was like 4 a.m. Slept for a couple hours, got on the elevator, went down to the lobby, it opened up, and there's four dudes like fully decked out in Nebraska gear. Standing in the hotel lobby, like getting ready to go fishing or something. It's like the first, literally the first humans I recall seeing after landing in Alaska. <laughs> That's incredible. Like four big burly dudes, all in Nebraska gear. It's like oh, Marco's original thought was that he was in a plane crash and woke up in hell when he saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Several hours later, Jamie I can't escape it. So that's that's what happens when you go on vacation. Yeah, how dare you? Um, so there you speaking go. Of, speaking of a commitment, though, should we just let's? You want to talk recruiting just for a minute? It's gonna it, yeah. spring game yeah. is yeah. shaping up to be a big a big weekend on that front. Um, there's, I, I I think it's safe to say there'll be dozens. Um, it's still a dead period, so Nebraska can't like host these guys. They can't hang out in the locker room or see the facilities or even like talk to the coaches. Um, they could technically be in the stands and like talk on the phone or something like that, but they can't like, it can't be a recruiting event hosted by Nebraska. Even still, there's a bunch of guys, probably there's, there's just a few headliners. We don't need to go through everyone. You can find a list of all the people we've got confirmed coming on uh, huskerextra.com. Um, but interestingly, there's a quarterback from each of the next two recruiting classes uh, scheduled to be on campus. MJ Morris, uh, who's a four-star kid out of Atlanta, 2022, and then Reese Mooney um, from, from Louisiana in the 2023 class. Both guys at Nebraska has been recruiting for a long time uh, already. Um, you know, it's not well, – I'm not actually sure, don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt um, if uh, Torres, Richard Torres, the quarterback from San Antonio, is also going to be in town. Um, there's been some – there's been reports that he's going to be. I just haven't confirmed that myself. But, um, you know, so you're talking about potentially three scholarship quarterbacks uh, candidates for the next two classes in town, which is really Dang. interesting. In yeah, its that's own big mind. in itself. Yeah. Uh, you know, if out of those three, you've got the two next quarterbacks that commit to Nebraska. I mean, that that's that would be that's substantial, obviously. Um, there's a kid, a defensive lineman named Chris McClellan from Oklahoma that's going to be in town, who is sort of like a three-star guy. Nebraska offered him like several months ago, one of, one of his first offers. And then in um, 24-7 sports latest – uh, rankings update. He was number 100 overall nationally. Uh, solid four-star guy, one of the fastest risers in the country. So he's going to be up here and he's going to be back for an official visit at some point this summer. It sounds like, I mean, there, there's the last offers he's picked up are from Ohio State and Oklahoma and Auburn and LSU. So there's a lot of competition there, obviously. And then there's a couple of, um, you know, interesting wide receivers. Um, a guy named uh, Landon Sampson um, from Texas, from the Dallas area. Simple, you you know all of the high schools in the Dallas yes. area now. So Which one is he? Is he from Carter? Uh, where's he from? South Lake Carroll. South Lake Carroll. Yeah, that's on, that's on the outskirts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> outskirts of the Metroplex. I hope that's not actually like Austin or something. I, 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 it might be actually. I think it might be. It might be Austin. Yeah, South Lake Carroll's Austin outskirts. It's Here, all let's look that. I'll look it's it up. You guys keep talking. I'll look it yeah, up. Keep, yeah, Bass, would you please verify that? So, so Landon Sampson's from Texas, the Lone Star Texas. State. 
He goes to South Lake Carroll, wherever that is in the state. Uh, And um, he's a guy who's a, he's rated a three-star prospect, but he's a, he got invited to the all American bowl for 2022 and he, he's committed to that. And so he's coming up for the spring game uh, on his own. And then he's turned around and coming back for an official visit the first weekend that they can do that in June. So uh, there's a bunch of guys to watch the other guy, I guess, to, to mention a couple more guys, 2023 guys, Jaden hams, a tight end from just outside of Lawrence, Kansas, um, who is up here for the open scrimmage and is coming back now for the spring or the open practice coming back for the spring game. He's a four-star guy early uh, in the rankings. And then um, Reese Mooney, the quarterback is bringing a five-star receiver from Baton Rouge named uh, Shelton Sampson, who's a um, 2023 kid. He's going to have a list of suitors as long as he, as he wants. So obviously, you know, no sure thing there. It's going to be going to be an uphill battle probably for Nebraska, but can't hurt to get a guy like that on campus, uh, you know, at this stage in the game. Uh, South Lake Carroll is in the DFW Metroplex, uh, northeast of downtown Dallas. Is that right? There you go. Yep. It's just, uh, looks like it's just east of Grapevine, Texas. But Westlake, but what is it? Is there a, there, there's something. Oh, Westlake? Are we talking Westlake or South no, no, Lake? No, no, it's, it's South Lake. South Lake. Oh, is, okay. Is, okay. But I think yeah, South Lake a, is just, it's just west of Grapevine, Texas. Oh, sorry, I went in the wrong direction. Northwest of downtown. Northwest. So Parker, of the- yeah, thank yeah. you, Bass. Parker, you're saying oh, uh, like dozens of recruits over. Yeah, a dozen? I mean, yeah, right Stats. now. Just going, just going with guys. I, I was putting together a list mostly of guys just that have offers. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine from the 2022 class. One, two, three. Six so far for the 2023 class. So, yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you know, around 15 um, already just in terms of guys that have offers. And then, there, they, you know, there's guys too, like Gunnar Gatula, who's a Lincoln Southeast kid um, in the 2023 class. Doesn't have an offer from Nebraska right now, but he said his communication with them has been picking up. And he's already got offers from – like, he's a legit Power 5 prospect. He's got offers from uh, Iowa State and, and Kansas State already. So – I, yeah, I think there's going to be a bunch of guys, you know, mostly regional and then some uh, like MJ Morris, like Reese Mooney, like Shelton Sampson from further away. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to have a pretty good, pretty good crowd, uh, all things considered, you know, given that it's not that everyone has to come on their own dime and it's not even like a, they can't even like unless I, be, I would bet that Nebraska might conveniently have some campus tours going on that might take a spin through the Hawks, um, you know, on, on Friday and Saturday. But beyond that, beyond anything that anybody else can do, um, you know, they can't go hang out in Frost's office or anything. So it's going to be a pretty big pro- crowd uh, on the recruiting front, um, given that it's a completely unofficial, you know, deal. Okay, that's May 1. That's May 1. And then June May 1, the floodgates open, right? Um, the official visits can start to occur again. I think this summer or late spring into the summer is a critical time for Frost and his staff because they're, they need to, <laughs> now this could, I guess this could be a column. They kind that it recruiting well would be one way to build their case that they have this thing on the right track. Now winning games in the autumn is the best way, but if they, but if they, are able to land some high profile commitments from kids in the 
months of May and June and July. Um, I, I mean, that can, that can affect the conversation in a positive way, right? Sure. And especially, you know, I don't, I, to me, I'm, I'm really interested. I mean, quarterback recruiting is always critical, but MJ Morris and, you know, Richard Torres, also the 20, other 2022 guy, his offer list has taken off too. But, you know, MJ Morris was a top 100 type uh, recruit and Reese Mooney, is trending toward being something like that for 2023 hasn't actually been been ranked yet but he told me on Wednesday night that the other schools he's trying to see this spring are uh, Miami Florida State Georgia and USC Um, and he's being recruited by all of them to play football and baseball so um, that's a if you take I mean and I don't know he 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 said he's he's got half his high school career ahead of him. He said he's hoping to narrow down his list of schools this summer. But if you, especially if you land your quarterback for the next two classes, especially given what uh, you know, just the lack of of scholarship depth in that room right now, I mean, that would really there'd be one area that you'd sort of at least shown signs of solidifying for the future. Um, and then I think like you like you said, Sipla, to me like. Nebraska won't be the only one, but it's, I think it's really going to pick up fast and you wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of kids, um, you know, decide where they want to go to college in the next, say, like two or three months. Speaking of decisions, this is, is this where we translate, trans, we uh, transition, transition, <laughs> is this where we transition to? That's the, a hell of a segue, Sipple. Why don't you just That wasn't all awkward. Um, <laughs> that was good. Very smooth. Very it's like smooth. you do this every day. <laughs> wow. Come on. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm addled. <laughs> Very. Yeah. <laughs> Father time right. has you in his grips. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You've put it, you've put it those darker ways before. Fa- Father time's bony fingers have his hands on your shoulders. Right <laughs> you're, you're as, as uh, my guys, my, as my guy Coulter wall up in Alberta would say, you're lying in the wake of time's cruel slaughter. <laughs> well, it feels Dark. that way. Um, anyway, just, where were you going with that? Yeah. You're <laughs> transitioning to Thor. Thor. It's an emotional day for Baz. It's been, it's been an emotional day. Uh, my son, Thor Thorby Arnerson, has decided to move on to professional basketball. He won't return for his, uh, his free year uh, in Lincoln. Of course, he was a senior this last year. Uh, had, the, had the option to come back if he wanted to as a, as a super senior, whatever you want to call it, with the free year, not counting against the scholarship limit. Put out an announcement about, uh, about an hour ago, a little before 1230, saying he's instead going to pursue a professional career almost certainly over in Europe somewhere, whether it's in Iceland or whether it's over on the, on the main continent or, or wherever it may be. Um, I saw an interesting argument on Twitter as, as you guys were talking about football here. You could probably say Thor is one of the most popular basketball players in the program in the last 10 years, maybe probably top five, you know, yeah. and I'm not yeah. talking best, best players, most talented players, but just guys that the fan base cared about guys, the fan base really rooted for. Yep, Thor's up there, uh, I think, and saw some, saw a lot of stuff uh, in his four years here. Forty plus teammates, a coaching change. You know, he was a freshman on that team that won twenty two games 
lost once at home. And then not only didn't get into the NCAA tournament, got a five seed in the NIT, you know, and that was, that was as close to, to, as he got to, you know, playing in the NCAA tournament. Um, saw Tim Miles get fired the next year, saw Fred Hoiberg come in the next year and they won seven games uh, in, a, in a total teardown and rebuild. And for a while, it was rumored to be on the way out with a, with a lot of those rest of those guys when Fred first got here, and then ended up coming back and being a power, being a being an important guy, being an important part of those teams. And then same thing this year: seven wins, struggled in the Big Ten, had the pandemic, had everything else. You know, he saw some stuff, and so it's you certainly from that aspect understand why he's ready to move on. He's going to have his degree here in another month or so uh, in psychology. He's going to be 22, 23 years old. He can, he can be in Iceland, go play pro ball in Iceland, make good money, be close to home, go over to Europe, play, same thing. I think he'll have a great career in Europe. He's, a, he's just he's that style of player. He'll fit the style of basketball there. And he'll have a nice career, and he's a smart guy too. There, there's, no, there's no worrying about Thor when it comes to that stuff. But, yeah, just a guy I think that will be missed around here uh, by the fan base. Um, had some moments, you know, most notably, I think, blocking Jordan Bohannon's three-pointer uh, at the buzzer a couple of years ago and then ru- running down the court with his finger in the air while there was still time on the clock right before the buzzer <laughs> went off. I'll always remember that. And, you know, again, and just on top of that, just a great dude to talk to, super nice person uh, away from the court. Uh, just, you know, he's one of those guys that you, that it's easy to root for. And, and you you understand why the fan base loved him, that, Reality is part of this too, right? Look at look at who's coming in next year uh, at his position. You know, you're adding a six eight guy in Keon Edwards, who was a basically a five star recruit in high school. <coughs> Excuse me, you're adding Bryce McGowan's five star. You know, you're adding a lot of different pieces, and it was going to be tough for Thor to get on the floor as popular as he was and as many good things as he did. There weren't going to be a lot of minutes for him. Uh, more than likely. So uh, this decision came from a practical standpoint too, because there, as much as we all love Thor and as much as the fan base loves him, he wasn't going to play a whole lot next year. And, and we can be honest in saying that. So I think he made the right decision to move on. You, you, and I would say CJ Wilcher's in that category. CJ Wilcher. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a guy that proved it at the Big East. You know, you're, you're talking about like big time athletes, size, strength, shooting. It was just going to be tough for Thor to, to, to move over those guys. Yes. Just get yourself together. I mean, this this happens in college athletics. <laughs> this, this happens in college athletics. Pull it together. Okay? I'm emotional. It's an emotional day. It's okay to be emotional, you're, but you don't want to just You just you, you're so proud when your kids want to want to step out and yeah. and spread their wings a little bit. Why the coop? Hey, the hey I got a question for you guys. We never do this. I got a question. Can we use the term super senior? I would really like to do that. I've had this conversation. Yeah, sure. You can call them whatever you want. No, I can't. You can't. Would people know what that meant? Super senior? He's a super senior? I think it's become commonplace. Like, I think that the NCAA's rules on the extra eligibility because of COVID, like, that's become common enough, I think, in college athletics. Maybe our listeners feel differently about that. But, no, I think people – well, when, when you need a tidy term for it, there's no question about that. More, more importantly, would one of the editors come over to my office and go and, – and ask, like, what's this term super senior in your – You don't get bothered like that. We all know that. In your little <laughs> gilded tower at the Journal Star. You get edited? 
Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh. You haven't had a story. You haven't had a column edited since 1997. What are you talking about? What's wrong with you guys? They, I just got edited. <laughs> what's your problem? <laughs> what's your problem? I think I got edited yesterday. What's your problem? Yeah. So super senior, I don't know if that's going to fly or not, but I do love that term. I like will that you, too. I mean, will you trial balloon it? Yeah. I why can't. don't you trial balloon it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll I, can put it in, I can put it in my Thor story too. I'll put it in Dude, my Hey, Thor you story. trial yeah. balloon it. See I'll trial it balloon it. it through. Yeah. Makes it. I'll be the see- canary in the coal mine. <laughs> if I come back dead, then we'll know we can't use it anymore. <laughs> okay. It's a great police song, by the way. Yeah, it is. Great call. Yeah, Good call, Sip. Hey, hey, Bass, I almost sent you a screenshot of the God, why did I not do this last night? I was driving and I saw the Cat Stevens song Year of the Cat. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Parker, were you there for that? Baz, I wasn't, no, but I heard that no, Baz is a big Cat Stevens fan. That was in that was in Wisconsin. I remember yeah. this. And we met Parker because Parker, of course, from the Madison area. Uh, right. Parker was a visiting family and got a ride into town from his father. Um, that was actually, when my, we, my dad picked you guys up, right? Yeah, like, we, we rode in, in, the, in, the, in his dad's car to the stadium, like right up to the back door. And that was, it was you, Sip, it was me, and it was, was it Justin? Kayla? No, it wasn't Justin. Oh. I don't think it was Justin. It was Kayla. No, it was, it, it was, um, it was, um, oh. Fran, Fran, no. Emily, no. Emily. Emily, it was Emily. That's okay. who it was. It was Emily, yeah. our photographer. And yeah, that came on the radio and I absolutely. No. And I said, Hey, this, this is a great song. And Bass lost just it. lost his mind. Absolutely lost my mind. You don't like uh, Cat Stevens year of the cat at all. Flew off the handle. You flew um, I, off. I was angry. Yeah. Um, you, 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 there I was, was an... I was like driving in a residential area in Madison, like trying to figure out where to park, like trying to find this parking garage. Like it's there's a little bit of confusion. I'm a little tense, and Sybil's just sitting there. He's got Cat Stevens turned up, going, "Man, I like this." I'm just oblivious to what's happening in the world around him. <laughs> you weren't oblivious you. to my to to my statement. I mean, you, no. you attacked me. I did you attack know? you, and you it know what? It's time for an apology, and I apologize. No, it's not um, time. No. It's time. It's past time. <laughs> it's not time. And there's no, we don't this, this goes back to my apology. idea that we need to put a GoPro on the dash of every rental car that we have for the road trips so people could see. The attack was ferocious, though. It was a ferocious, it was a ferocious attack. You, you could call it that. <laughs> yeah. People would be taken aback by the language. <laughs> what was worse? Oh, sure, what was, they would be. What, what was it? Was it worse than the? Um, was it worse than the Big Ten Media Days trip? Oh or? no, no, I don't think so. No, this was very intense. But the Big Ten Media Days. <laughs> Was just as intense, but way longer lasting, I think. When I asked you what type of flowers there were in yeah. the ditch. What do I look like? An effing horticulturalist. <laughs> but you said and that was just so- on the way back. That was just on the way back. I doesn't even count the way up when you got like chocolate cookie, chocolate chip cookie all over the seat. And like we had to stop at, a, at an oasis outside of Chicago and you didn't have your shoes on. Like, I just don't think that's heinous. I mean, I don't, I don't regard that as anus. I had my oh. shoes off and I had to put them on. I got to do this now or else I'm going to scream at my kid when he does stuff like that in like 12 years. Just getting it out. Just getting uh, it out. You got you a like baseball. To... Get, yeah, oh, speaking sorry, of road Mark. trips. Speaking no, of road trips, this is a I had transition. nothing productive to say, but I was just staying on that <laughs> okay. line of thinking. Well, so that's 90% of this podcast. Um, 
speaking of speaking of road trips, uh, Nebraska yeah. currently in East Lansing, Michigan, for a three-game set uh, baseball against the Spartans. Nebraska, of course, still in first place in the Big Ten, half game lead over Michigan, um, knocking on the door of most of the of the seventeen national baseball pools there are out there. Um, RPI kind of hovering in the low to mid forties right now. Some questions starting to be asked. What does that mean for Nebraska's chances to host a regional? Yeah, what does it mean? I don't think we know yet. That's that's the issue because Nebraska's eighteen and six. After this weekend, they will have played the bottom five teams in the Big Ten standings. They've played the bottom four right now: uh, Illinois, Purdue, Penn State, and uh, Minnesota. Excuse me. And they're twelve and two uh, in those in those four series. Now you're playing Michigan state, which is, which is the fifth team at the bottom. And they, their RPI is in the two forties, um, which is not good. Uh, concerned there's about 270 teams playing baseball. Seems bad. Yeah. And it's just, it's a deal where losing a game to Michigan state main, it doesn't necessarily kill you in the big 10 race, but it could really hurt you uh, for NCAA tournament stuff when it comes to, hosting when it comes to where you're seated where you end up going those sorts of things it's a it's a series where Nebraska can't afford to to lose a game and fair or not that's the position that all these big 10 teams are in this year with no non-conference and no midweeks and all those sorts of things teams like Nebraska Michigan Indiana they can't excuse me they can't afford to lose games like this because if it gets down to the end and it's close between Nebraska and say an ACC school middle of the pack ACC school to host they're going to look at that loss to Michigan state and say, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, it hurts their RPI. Shouldn't have lost to that bad team. So there's some Nebraska's better than Michigan state certainly, but there's some pressure there for Nebraska uh, to win these three games and, and kind of keep this thing moving going into next week. Does the schedule get appreciably tougher after this weekend? Not appreciably. They get Rutgers at home next weekend, which – and Rutgers has had a nice year. They're at 500. This is the best year Rutgers has had since they've been in the Big Ten. They're, they're around 500 right now. I think they're 12 and 12. And so they're a little better. Then it picks up. Um, couple with Indiana and Ohio State. Or, no, excuse me. It goes – after they play Rutgers next week, then they go to Piscataway the week after that for a pod, play Indiana twice, play Rutgers twice. And then they have, I think it's another, they come home and play Northwestern three times. And then it's another pod with Indiana, Ohio State. And it's really those last two weekends where it, where it gets serious for Nebraska. Because you'll play Indiana, Indiana twice, you'll play Ohio State twice, and you'll end the season with a home series against Michigan, which ostensibly is going to be for the Big Ten title, uh, the way things are trending right now. And potentially uh, potentially to see which which Big Ten team will host a regional because there surely probably won't be more than one Big Ten team that hosts a regional. And, and if you're not hosting a regional, then you're probably a three seed um, and maybe going to Fayetteville and play, play in Arkansas, which they're only 30 and five in the SEC this year, ranked number one in the country. So it, it would not be an easy task. So, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get appreciably harder for a couple more weeks, but the pressure's there to, to keep winning, I guess. Okay. You know, you can't afford, you might go, you know, five and one sounds good and, and whatnot, but five and one might not be good enough when it, when it gets down to the end of the, end of the day over these next couple of weeks. Good job, Bass. That's interesting. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because they're not playing great teams, but they can't afford to slip up either. And it's baseball, right? Like you slip up, like the pit, 
pitching staff has an off day, you know, offense kind of scuffles a little bit. We saw that against Penn State last week. Nebraska kind of scuffled along until the seventh or eighth inning last week in that Friday game against Penn State. And you, you do that enough and eventually you get bit. So it's a deal where Nebraska can't really afford to have a bad day right now. A loss isn't going to just knock him out of the NCAA tournament altogether. I'm not saying that, but as far as hosting, as far as being in contention to host, all those sorts of things, they got to keep winning these games. Okay. All right. Good job, Baz. Is that it? That's, I think so. Oh, yeah. Think Bo- she- volleyball's season came to an end, right? Um, so late, late midweek in Omaha. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, just, I mean, Texas. Tough, tough year all around. Yeah. Texas is the Big Ten destroyer so far. Penn State just rolled through Penn State, Nebraska, and Wisconsin play Kentucky in the championship, but that's another, like every sport, as we go through this, like every sport that finishes this year, then faces like a very interesting off season. Saw that with football, with guys coming back, some not hoops, you know, with Thor's news today, volleyball is going to be super interesting because you've got some seniors on that team that could come back, might not. Um, and it's just going to be, you got some young players who have been, like ostensibly like the freshmen were in the program all spring, um, but weren't eligible to play. So you've got some really talented players who have like seen what it looks like up close and personal. Uh, And you've got a group that didn't get accomplished what they wanted to right down the road in Omaha, obviously weird circumstances with the tournament, but I just, it just, just another sport um, at Nebraska where it just shapes up to be a fascinating off season because of the weirdness of, of the last season. Yeah, and it's you mentioned seniors, and it's not just seniors. Like, yeah, it's it's all American seniors. Yeah, right. You know, it's your two best super seniors, super yeah. seniors, literally super, super seniors. Yeah. Lauren, yeah. Lauren Stevens and Lexi Sun, Sup- of course. Supreme gonna... super seniors. Yeah, careful with all your S's there. Um, super supreme <laughs> seniors. Can't the Supremes. Say... Maybe we could maybe we could call them the Supremes. We could call Supremes. the volleyball seniors the Supremes. Right, this, seems, this, this feels like an endpoint. <laughs> you're you're sort of you're sort of like a super senior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. HR, there it HR. is. We gotta call. Shibble's gotta call HR. There right. He forgot the number to HR, but he's gonna call it. Um, all right. On that note, we'll wrap this thing up. Thanks you guys for coming out next week. Park, look at Parker laughing at his own joke. No, I was laughing at Baz's joke. Yeah, he's laughing you at forgot, joke. You forgot anyway. the number to HR, but you're gonna look it up. <laughs> anyway um, might send an electronic week. mail message yeah <laughs> with like one of those glittery glittery gift things on the end of it uh, anyway we'll talk to you guys next week when we preview this spring game until then stay safe we'll talk to you soon